here it is. The most listened to radio show on the planet. Even the other stations are tuned in too. Hi, this is Joshua Parrisher, the Director of Operations at Six Flags Fiesta, Texas, and you're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Hey there, this is Dylan from Blues Coasters, and you're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Hello, I'm Jason Pennypacker from New Jersey Coasters, and you're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Hi, I'm Grace Seacock, Director of Communications at Canada's Wonderland, and you are listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? Yes, I accept the Coaster Challenge. Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? Coaster Challenge Podcast is here. It's time to face your fears. Get that theme park therapy and let us both your Coaster Challenge Podcast is here. Your fear can disappear. We know that theme park therapy can dry up all your tears. Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? Yes, I accept the Coaster Challenge. Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? We accept because you know we're not average. You're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. A journey where people become fearful to fearless, all from riding roller coasters. So please, secure your hats and glasses, and keep your hands and arms inside the podcast. It's time to accept the coaster challenge with your hosts, Kim Dykes. Good evening. You are listening to the Coaster Challenge podcast. This is Kim, the line producer, and I have a special guest that I'm excited to speak with today. My guest is a coaster enthusiast, YouTuber, and family man from Pennsylvania that is on a mission to spread his message of positivity throughout the coaster community and share his love of coasters with his family. I'm happy to welcome Richard Albertson from Theme Park Motivation to the podcast. Welcome, Richard. Hey, Kim. Thrilled to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm super excited to talk with you. We've become friends through social media, and I had the pleasure of meeting you and your family at Kings Island a couple of weeks ago. And like I said, it was the first time, but it's definitely not going to be the last. We're already getting together in July, and I'm very excited about that. I thoroughly enjoyed getting to know you, and I'm excited to hear your full story as I'm sure our audience is as well. Please introduce yourself to help us learn more about you. Well, I'm just a truck driver from Pennsylvania who pretty much became a coaster enthusiast, I would say about two years ago. Um, but I just, I love everything about them. I love the history. I love the height, the speed. I mean, just the overall, even the structure of them, um, just everything. Um, and it's just been awesome to get my family involved in it. You know, I was pretty much just living life like, oh, I think I'll go fishing this week or I'll do this. And it, nothing just really got me excited, you know. And so roller coasters have always been in my heart and I've always loved them and I've always had a passion ever since I was real young, five years old, you know? And so I've just always loved coasters and that's, what's got me big into it. And, um, yeah. 
very much like you. I had a interest in coasters when I was younger. Something just always drew me to them, but I really didn't have the opportunity to ride them very much. Maybe once a year when my parents would let me on stuff, which didn't always happen, even on our yearly trip to Kings Island. And I, too, was a late bloomer as far as being an enthusiast. I became an enthusiast four years ago. And that excitement you're talking about is what brought me into the, into the community and become, to become an enthusiast. It, that excitement is what brought me out of a five-year depression after my mother had passed away. And it's just been totally life-changing for the better in every way. So just wanted to let you know that what you said resonated very strongly with me. Thank you for sharing that with our audience. Oh, absolutely. So, so the first part of our interview is going to be the fear journey. Basically, the roller coaster time traveler where we take a walk back through time. And we're going to talk about your history of riding coasters, different experiences you've had. And then in the second part of the interview, we kind of catapult out of the time travel machine and we're going to talk about your life today experiences that you're currently having and things that you look forward to in the future so as we enter the time traveler the first question we like to start all of our interviews with with each guest is what is the very first coaster you remember riding so my very first coaster that I can remember because it was a long time ago, but it was a uh, super duper looper at Hershey park. And I was five years old and my dad took me on that. And I just remember looking at this thing and like in all, like, you know, at the time there was, <laughs> there wasn't, uh, you know, what there is today you know, as far as heights and, mm -hmm. and, and Hershey park at that time, didn't even have a lot to really offer at that time. But yeah, that was like, that was a big deal for me. <laughs> I just rode that for the first time last July. And I can say as a five-year-old, that would have been a pretty darn intimidating coaster to me. Yeah. <laughs> you know a crazy thing about it a crazy thing about it kim is um i was able to with my son when he was five share that same moment it was exactly 25 years later oh um the, yeah, that I had that moment with my dad i was able to share that with him and then last year my daughter you know she was four and she was able to go on it and so i got to share that with her too and and you know it it really that was her point where she was like yeah i love coasters and she just you know <laughs> so that's been great that's one been one of my most favorite parts of coasters in general is sharing the memories that I grew up with, with my children. 
I went to Kings Island once a year with my family growing up. That was the extent of my coaster experience and uh, until I was an adult. And my first coaster, it's now Woodstock Express, it was Beastie. And, mm-hmm. you know, getting to experience that with both of my kids, you know, it's just, it's priceless. And to see the look on their face, the response, you know, the response to the coaster. There's just, it's those little snippets in time. It ha- Those first rides happen once. Mm-hmm. And it's truly unforgettable. Yes. Yes, it is. So we just, we talked about the fear journey. So now we're going to talk a little bit about fear. You know, as enthusiasts, I sometimes find myself smiling now when I hear people, you know, that are scared of coasters that don't have any loops, you know, asking how many times it goes upside down, you know, just di- different things that scare people. Because, and, in, in, you know, when we look back, at least for me, I know there's some people that have never been afraid of anything. I'm one that used to be scared of everything. Took me a long time to get the fear completely out of me. So thinking about scary things, looking back on all of your experiences, when you first approached each coaster you've ridden, what was the one that scared you more than any of them? Um, you know, I... I I would almost have to say it, it was probably the super duper looper <laughs> when I was five. I've never and the crazy thing about it is I've never really had a fear a fear of coasters. The bigger the better. But like okay. now I could go to Kings Island there and go up to the Eiffel Tower and mm-hmm. I'm petrified. It, it's the craziest thing. Like I go up there and I'm like, oh man, like Haley, don't get too close to the edge, you know, uh, even though there's a big railing there. I just, I, I don't like heights, but on coasters, for some reason, I feel very safe. You know, I used to feel the same way on the Eiffel Tower. And depending on my level of energy, when I'm up there now, if I'm tired, I seem to be more sensitive to it. I think it's just the sensation of not being fastened into anything. Mm -hmm. It's like you're just kind of freely standing there because I get it. I I used to be petrified to go to the top of the Eiffel Tower. I mean, I'll go now, but sometimes if I'm, particularly if I'm tired, if I get up there, I like have to stop myself for a minute, you know, look around, make sure I've got my feet on the ground. You know, it got my balance. <laughs> and I, I too, I see people putting their phones, you know, all the way up to the rail and stuff. And I don't know why in that moment, my hand feels like it might drop the phone. I, I don't, I won't let it get that close. It's just a sensation that I get from time to time up there that I don't get anyplace else. Yeah. <laughs> So thinking back to that first ride on Super Duper Looper, do you remember how you were feeling when you first approached the station for the very first time? I I was in awe. 
you know, it was it was very big. I was like, I I remember just keep I kept asking my dad, you know, oh, is it going to go upside down? Even though there's a big loop there, and you can obviously see it. But at five years old, you're like, is it going to go upside down? You know, am I going to be okay? <laughs> you know, and and it's funny because my daughter, you know, she asked the same exact questions, and uh, you know, it was just like it just brought all those memories back to me. And, um, I just, I hope we can keep it going with her. You know, she, she just loves it. And, you know, yeah. And we want to know for sure. You're talking about those questions. When I think back to some of my scariest coasters, one of them being top thrill dragster, mm-hmm. I realized in that moment when I was in the seat that I was eternally thankful for the fact that my son forced me to know every single thing to expect on that ride. <laughs> he would obsessively make me sit and watch the same POVs over and over and over again. And get annoyed by you know after i've I'm, after i've seen it so many times i'm like jay i don't need to see this again but mom listen to the sound you know he has autism so he's very mm-hmm. keen sense of listening and he's always been i call him a sound guy because he hears sounds that i don't hear and he knows every sound in the sequence of his favorite coasters and he can mimic the sounds perfectly you need to ask him to do it for you it's actually pretty cool <laughs> I mean, it, it's, spot, it's spot on, too. It's a talent I don't have. But I, w- I rode with him on that first ride. And I looked at him, and I'm like, okay, take me back through the POV again. <laughs> tell, me what, <laughs> tell me what's happening. When's it going to get ready to happen? Because I, I don't – I think I might have actually passed out. He taught me through it. He's like, okay, Mom, now remember, you're going to hear this. <laughs> then this is going to happen and that it saved me. It really did. Mm-hmm. And I've not, I typically don't watch POVs. I like to be surprised these days. Yeah. But in that moment, it saved me. It really did. <laughs> yeah. I, so, I'm thankful there are those POVs, you know, because it, it does help people with like autism and stuff. You know, they can, they can see that, you know what I mean? Yep. And that was a huge step for him. It was something he was scared to death of. But at the same time, he absolutely refused to not do it. And (laughs) I didn't think I was that scared until I sat down in the seat. And then all of those POVs, I'm like, yeah, I need that. (laughs) I really need that right now. So... After you got off of that first ride on Super Duper Looper, how were you feeling? I just remember looking up at my dad and saying, can we do it again? Can we do it again? Awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Just like that. (laughs) I've been more that way with some coasters and others. I said, I used to be scared to death of everything. I remember the first looping coaster I rode was King Cobra. I think I rode it once. And then I didn't ride it again for a long time. And then um, 
I really didn't want to ride Vortex at all. <laughs> but I did because I didn't want to be the only one out of my entire senior class not riding. So I rode it with my eyes shut. It was fun. I didn't want to do it again immediately, though. Like, mm-hmm. I took some time. And I, but I, I did decide I wanted to do it again, but I can't remember how many times it took me to finally open my eyes <laughs> and realize that that realize that that was more fun. It it took me some time to get into the whole. I want to do it again, but I can say, after that ride on Dragster, after that first ride, that became one immediately that I had to conquer. Because I saw other people putting their hands up on the lines and all this other stuff. And I I just I'm not leaving this ride until I make myself do it. <laughs> I, and I, I that's that and that's just how I am. When I mean when yeah. my mind is set, there's no changing it. And I think we rode it was four or five times in a row before I finally did it. And then I had to do it again to make sure when I returned that I could do it the first time and not be afraid to do it. And I'm, re- I'm really glad I did that because then, you know, we went back the next year and I did not know that would be our last rides on Topville Dragster. But when I finally got to Canada Call last year, I was ready. You know, mm-hmm. those, those getting over that initial fear, I was, I was ready to go. Which one so, do you think's better, Kim? You- I'm going against the green here. And those that know me know that I have no problem having that out of the box opinion i like king to call better (laughs) i'll tell you why i've got reasons top fill dragster i had to quit putting my hands up on the launch all the way because the back of the seats arched out oh yeah arms got pinned against it I felt like a knife was amputating my arms. It put really bad bruises in the tops of my arms after a ride like that. So I had to modify how high I could put my hands up on the launch for that reason. And how high I could put my hands up, period, on the ride. Because I'm, I'm typically a hands-up person on coasters, unless it's, you know, to prevent headbanging. King to call, I've heard... So many complaints about the restraints. Mm-hmm. All I had to do was put my head forward a little bit. I didn't have any head banging at all. Didn't get my neck or nothing. I could put my yeah. arms all the way up. And then I've heard the constant complaining about the rattle. You have to ride in the front. I went in the back and just felt, and I mean, sometimes, don't get me wrong. A hard rattle can give me a headache or something sometimes. Yeah. I just felt like the rattle on King to Call invigorated the ride. Yeah. I like black. I didn't mind it. I like I I gotta say, like uh with dragster, I like the I liked the uh the T lap bars, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I don't I didn't care for the restraints on King to Cobb, but really in, in all actuality, I think King Dakar is a better coaster for. I, I I don't know. Both of them have it's it's a tough it's a tough one for me. I I think if they did 
changed those restraints to like the I three hundred five ones where they got the you know the you know the padding there. Those, yeah, those are actually a little bit more accommodating too for mm-hmm. us bigger guys, you know, like me. <laughs> and you know, that's a conversation we've had before. Uh, mm-hmm. We were talking about sky rush, you know, and different things. Mm-hmm. Different body types have completely different ride experiences. For Absolutely. sure. I think that's mm-hmm. that continues to be why my body continues to evade the joy of sky rush. But <laughs> yeah, when I, I come I, back in July, I'm trying again. <laughs> yeah, like I always say, um, I was actually just having a conversation with somebody yesterday about this. They were complaining about sky rush, thigh crush. Yeah, uh-huh. you know, I've heard it all, but it it's actually it's not a bad ride for bigger people. If if you have you know like if you're a heavier set guy or girl, it's a very accommodating coaster. I mean, yeah. um, that I think they changed the restraints, like the seatbelts or something, a few years mm-hmm. ago. Um, but it, you know, at my biggest point, I was able to ride that almost, you know, and, um, it, but I would say that I've noticed, and I ride that thing a lot. I mean, it's in my backyard, yeah. so. I noticed that a lot of smaller people, you know, um, smaller frames do not like sky rush. And, you know, that was the downside of all the weight loss for me, something like that. And the fact that I didn't realize until it started happening mm-hmm. on B&Ms with the clamshell restraint mm-hmm. on GCIs, the bottom of my stomach used to hold the restraint up and give me airtime. And then all of a sudden the ride is stapling me in the middle of the ride. I mean, literally we'll come all the way down. So I've had to mod it. Like when we, when it goes down the valleys, I use one hand to hold the restraint up and I don't let go, you know, until we hit the airtime hills it mm-hmm. that's it's kind of depressing in ways because i'm like no this should not be happening so but thankfully i have found a way to offset that most of the time with most rides so going back to that ride on super duper looper would you say that that first ride had an impact on your life or did you see the impacts later on? I definitely saw the impacts later on. I would say it had a small impact. I mean, it gave me a love for coasters, but not like the love that I have for them today. And yeah, that's what I would say about that. (laughs) Yeah. I don't even really remember my first ride. Too much. I'm beastie. I know I liked it. And I kind of wanted to do more. More than I was allowed to do for a number of years. But. um, Same for me. I didn't really start to see the impacts. Of coaster riding and overcoming fear. Until. I became an enthusiast. And even that took. 
a couple, you know, two or three years to really start to see all of the effects that it had in every area of my life. So as enthusiasts, thinking back through time, one of my favorite things to talk about are these random, crazy, unexpected things, you know, that can just make, they can make a good day even better. They can make a bad day worse, you know, <laughs> depending on how it goes. But, you know, looking back on it, you know, in shock or, you know, with laughter and just, you know, how the heck did that actually happen? <laughs> you know, we all, we all have those stories to tell. That's for sure. And life's what life is what happens when you're busy making other plans. A lot of times these moments are the ones that stand out as the highlights of a trip for me. Looking back on all of your experience what would you say has been your most unexpected, absolutely shocking, crazy moment, either at an amusement park or at an event or on a coaster? Oh, well, um, I, that is so tough because I, I, there's so many different things, but I'd say like the craziest thing I ever saw happen on a coaster was like a guy in front of me, a bird hit him as we were going down and it was on, it was on Apollo's chariot. Wow. And yeah, it, I mean, it didn't, it wasn't like the, um, I think it was like Fabio. Fabio. Yes. Remember that? The, the first, mm -hmm. the, it might've been the first train that ever left the station way back when. And, um, and that I think it was a goose hit him, and it, there was like blood all over his oh, face. Oh, it was awful! I saw the pictures of it. <laughs> I did too. Yeah. So, tell me more about this bird that you saw hit this guy. What coaster yeah. was it? On? It. I mean, it wasn't a full-on like you know. I, I don't know. I think the bird might still be all right. I don't know. But okay. It was like might have grazed him with his wing but it was just mm -hmm. it, it caught me off guard you know you're going down that first drop and like bam this bird out of nowhere you know so that was a little crazy but i can't you know that's like the one thing that like strikes me as like the craziest thing that ever happened to me i've i haven't had any of these really um like uh, crazy moments where well, I you know all that crazy. Yeah, I've never seen <laughs> that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I guess it happens. I've seen other POVs where um, I think it was on um, Red Force out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I I saw that. I think that's what it what it was on. But it, uh, Bird just bam smashes this guy in the face. I'm like, wow. That and looked you know, like that hurt. <laughs> what coaster was that on that you saw that? Which which one? The bird. Oh, you said it was Apollo's chariot. Yes. Yeah. Okay. You know, and you're actually, this is interesting. I've asked this question in every interview I've done, and I can't, I'd have to go back and count to know how many interviews I've done. It's been a lot. And just 
you and another one I did literally, I think it was last week, told me about a bird hitting somebody. So now it's like I'm kind of inwardly getting this fear with the nose piercing and stuff. <laughs> with this bird smacking me in the face. I just oh, no. tell myself, no, that is not actually going to happen to you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I remember those pictures of Fabio and... It was a hot mess. Yeah, it was. It was terrible looking. <laughs> it really was. So now we're going to talk about coaster rankings, per se. I know some people rank, you know, they have like their top 10, their top 25. And, you know, some people, they say they love every coaster. I'm not one of those people. I've got my favorites. I've got the ones that I like. And then I also have a long list of one and dones as well. As far as your coasters go, what is your favorite coaster and your least favorite coaster? Well, I love Steel Vengeance. You know this, Kim. <laughs> but I love Steel Vengeance and I hate every single Vacoma boomerang that's ever been made. I've never found one that I liked. So something we agree on. <laughs> I, I just, I, I see them as uh, they're not very thrilling to me. Um, it's like, why would I want to get on this thing and endure that for <laughs> what? Uh, I mean, there's no enjoyment for me on that at, at all, but yeah, um, I'm going to end up having to do it because my daughter wants to get over there to Hershey mm -hmm. Park. And every time we go, there's a huge line there for, um, yep. yeah, for the Jolly Rancher remix, you know, it used mm -hmm. to be, uh, the Sidewinder, but yeah. And, and every time I'm like, Oh, this line is way too long for that. I can't yep. put myself through that. <laughs> Now, I did actually find that one better with the new restraints. Mm -hmm. Yes. Far, yeah. more, far more rideable than the old restraints. And, you know, speaking of a coma for me, too, the SLCs, knock them down. But, I did, <laughs> yeah. I, but you know, I did, uh, talk, did learn with a previous interview I did a few weeks ago they're actually starting to redo some of the SLCs like they're doing with the boomerangs, the new restraints and oh, okay. changing some things out. So at various parks. So I'm hoping that that will transform those rides for me into at least a somewhat enjoyable or tolerable experience because the only thing that gets me on them right now is it's a credit. <laughs> I'm going to write it once yep. and never again. And I don't ever, ever walk away from coasters that I haven't written. I'll find a way to write it once. Now, let's go back to Still Vengeance. I know what you love about Still Vengeance. Please share with our audience what you love about Still Vengeance. So, I absolutely love the head choppers in there and going through all of the structure in there to me that now uh, 
I will say this. I have not been on Steel Vengeance as much as I would like to be on there. Every time I go, whether I have a fast pass or not, I it's a huge line. Even with the fast pass, it's it's sometimes a half an hour, 45 minutes, you know. And so you can't always get on there as many times as you'd like. Now, Iron Gwazi, you know, I you could pretty much say they're about equal to me. I mean, I love that coaster just as much, but it just didn't have that thing, you know, that the structure, I mean, it did have some head choppers, you know, but that going through all that wood and that unexpected, it it was so unexpected. And the ride just felt like it lasted forever. I, I mean, I'm, I mean, for my first time on that thing, it was like, wow, this thing's really long. And it just, you just kept (laughs) feeling like, when's this thing going to end? But yeah, that was it for me, really. The head choppers in all of the, in in and out of that structure and and stuff, that's what really does it for me. Speaking of duration, I have to ask a question. (laughs) Have you ridden the voyage? No. You need to get on Voyage. I know. At, just just <laughs> make it your life's mission. Get on Voyage. Tell me when you're coming. I'm an hour and 15 minutes from the park. I'll meet you there. Because uh, It's going to happen soon, Kim. I, I know that. <laughs> get to the park. I'm telling you, get there. Because here's the deal. You know, before I rode Iron Gwazi, and it became my number one, I compared the relentlessness because at that point in time, for me, Still Vengeance was the most relentless coaster I'd been on, you know, and thinking about the duration and, you know, just the relentlessness relentlessness of the ride in general until I rode something that I felt was more relentless. I compared the relentlessness of Still Vengeance only to Voyage. It's got the duration Voyage does. And I mean, it is literally non-stop. It goes on and on (laughs) and on. Feels like forever. The Beast is technically a longer ride, but the Voyage feels far longer. Yeah. Because there's just so much more happening Yes, yeah, on that's what I was going to say. And if you can ever get to Hollywood Nights, all I can say is do it. Yeah. It'll change your life. It's absolutely incredible. We'll come right with you as long as I can get tickets. It's <laughs> It's a, it's my, my speaking of fear, I don't get nervous easily, but trying to get those tickets every single year. Oh yeah. That that gets the blood pressure up and the heart rate up the whole nine <laughs> yards, so I can so I can seal that deal because that's my favorite event, and I oh. I'll go to it as long as my body will allow me to keep doing it. <laughs> that's all I can say. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, talking about those weights for Still Vengeance, I've already got my trip to Cedar Point for the year planned because that's what I was doing last night when I was messaging mm-hmm. with you. Once I finally got some dates I've been waiting on. I went through and just literally filled up my travel calendar 
for the summer and the fall, pretty much for the whole year when I'm going to be able to travel. And last year, for the first time, we went to Cedar Point on my fall break, which is for us, we went on a Thursday evening and a Friday. And I'd heard about the dead crowds that are there. And I, I did not understand how dead until I saw it. I mean, it's on, the park's only open Thursday evening. You know, it's not open all day on Thursdays. We walked in. We got 10 rides on Still Vengeance that night, eight on Millennium Force. I mean, we literally walked on everything the whole night. Oh. No fast lane, nothing. Because as much as I travel, can't afford fast lane. I'm no. only going to get it, I think, this year at Canada's Wonderland because, because it's a necessity. And then yeah. Friday... The longest wait for anything, and keep in mind, this was at the peak of the day. The longest wait for anything the whole day was 30 to 45 minutes, and but it went down from there. We still got, we yeah. managed to get 10 more rides on Still Vengeance that day. And we had multiple rides on the other coasters we wanted to ride as well. I mean, if you can get there on a Thursday and Friday in the fall, that is the time to go. I had far better luck there than I've ever had on weekdays during the summer. If if you can get there, at, you know, after the kids are back in school in that area. Yes. Yes. I plan it. on it. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I've already, that's when I scheduled it for this year. We're going to do Dollywood earlier that week. That's when I'm going to be have time to get down to Dollywood. And then later in the week, we're going to travel to Cedar Point. So... You told us earlier in your introduction that you don't only love to ride coasters, but you are a connoisseur of coaster history, and you absolutely have a passion for that. Tell us more about your love of the history of coasters. Well, I remember, and, and really my love of history with coasters started probably two years ago and I've always loved history always. And it's like, you put the two together. It's like, how I, you know, it's like, I, I love them both. So, um, but I was actually flipping through YouTube and I came across the documentary by ACE about, um, aerodynamics and i just i remember watching that full documentary and i was like wow this is really interesting and then i just kept going on i was watch a documentary about bnm and intamin and rmc and just it just it blew my mind and i honestly i have to keep going back and keep looking at them because I, I i forget you know and it's like Man, these people will eat you alive if, if you don't know one exact fact. They'll just be like, oh, yeah, you don't know what you're talking about. But, yeah, I, th that's where my love of it came from, really. It's just, honestly, I have to credit that video that Ace made about awesome. aerodynamics, really. Awesome. So now I know who to go to. When I need to cheat on the answers, when people ask me, because 
people automatically assume, you know, if you're an enthusiast and you love coasters, that you are a walking, talking encyclopedia of coaster history, you know, and all the ins and the outs. Yeah. I'll put it to you like this. I'm a school teacher. To me, that stuff is academic. And when I'm doing my stuff for fun, Miss Dykes is off the clock. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. I'm just being honest. I <laughs> now don't get me wrong. I love going into you know a park that is like a walk back through time. You know, like Indiana Beach. You know, parks like that where you just experience the nostalgia. I'm all about you know going to that park, having the experience. But have me sit down and read about it or, you know, and educate myself about it. That's just not my thing. I'd rather go do it or I'd rather listen to somebody like you, you know, have a talk with somebody and learn about it that way. Because then my mind starts to get back into work mode and I'm like, ah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go ride Gwazi. <laughs> yeah, let, yeah let, let's go ride something or, you know, yeah. let, let's talk about it while we're in line, but I want to go do it. That's me. Totally. Mm -hmm. And people are like, Oh, you don't know this. No, I, I'm totally GP in that area. I'm proud of it. And, and we had some really good conversation while we were waiting in the lines, you know? Yeah, we did. <laughs> so I know when we were together at Kings Island a couple of weeks ago, we got the chance to talk. And I share with you my story of how I became an enthusiast. Please share with our audience how and when you became an enthusiast. I would say it's definitely the moment that I rode Steel Vengeance a few years back. I just remember I just I, I wanted to go again, honestly. I wanted to go and drive back out there again, whether it be my by myself or with, mm -hmm. if my family wanted to go with me or not. I, I wanted yeah. to go back out. I didn't make it back out that year, but I just uh, it that's what did it for me. I was like, give me some more of this. And then I just was like uh, the history part came in where I just wanted to keep. Uh, learning about RMC and then try and ride as many as I possibly could because I mm -hmm. just love everything about their coasters. Although I will say this, Kim, uh, I just out of curiosity, I know there's not many of your least favorite RMCs, but mine has to be um, the Cyclone in Georgia. Yes. <laughs> that is actually my very bottom one yeah it it I, it just didn't do anything for me I, it was a good ride it was yeah. but it just wasn't you know where you're used to there's no bad rmcs i tell no, people you know there's good, not. better and best and i honestly originally thought i liked that one better than storm chaser until i got back on it again this year and then i realized that wasn't the case. Okay, so going back to Still Vengeance, what was it 
that absolutely grabbed you. You know, that got you hook, line, and sinker and made you say, I need more of this in my life. What did that for you? Oh, uh, I would have to say that drop, that drop was like nothing else I had experienced. And the constant airtime throughout that whole thing. And I, I just, just the whole coaster, just even looking at it, just the structure, the build. It, it's, it, I was in awe, you know, just looking at that thing. And, and um, I would even say Millennium Force, believe it or not, was another big reason for me um, becoming an enthusiast too. Just, I had never been on something that tall, that fast at that point. And I was like, man, this, this thing's awesome. Although, you know, it's not, it's not as uh, thrilling as some of the other gigas I've been on, but that one definitely, you know, it, it, it was something that made me, it was a coaster that made me love, get back into my love for coasters again. And, you know, Millennium Force, I know, gets some hate from people calling it Millennium Forceless. Gigas, just like RMCs, there's not a bad giga. No. I'm no, there sorry, isn't. there's not. There's nope. good, better, and best. <clears throat> I mean, Millennium Force, I've got it at the bottom just because of the lack of airtime moments. Mm-hmm. But the drop right by the lake yeah. is absolutely incredible. And, I mean, the whole ride experience, the layout, the tunnels, just the sheer monstrosity of the structure as you go throughout the course, it's fantastic. I could it ride is. that thing all day. I mean, just because it's not... My top giga doesn't mean that it's not a good ride. And, you know, talking about Still Vengeance, that is the one thing that scared me more than anything on that first ride was looking at it and realizing that thing actually has a 90-degree drop. (laughs) You know, I had never experienced anything like that. And I was nervous. I was really nervous, particularly about that drop. Because I, I knew if I am like if, if the drop feels good, I'm gonna love the rest of the ride. If I hate the drop, the whole ride's gonna be torture. You know, <laughs> I don't know until I try. And um, yeah, that's another thing. And I know some people say they don't notice it, but I did, and I still do. That puts Iron Gwazi over Vengeance for me is the fact that that drop actually pulls on back, you know, <laughs> another degree. And they dug down on the ground to make it go down just a little bit further, you know, and just the little differences. I mean, when I first looked at the numbers, you know, the differences in height and, you know, the, the angle of the drop and that sort of thing between Iron Gwazi and Still Vengeance, I'll be the first to say I, I I thought it was a joke. I did not think it would make a big difference at all. 
I'm like, I don't know why in the world they bothered, you know, just making this little bit of a difference. Like it's going to make a difference in the ride experience, you know, either go big or don't do it at all. Mm -hmm. I do feel like the, the drop on iron Gwazi, I just feel like it goes and goes and goes more like the, the, ven the drop on vengeance is shorter and it just, you know, gives me more of the, just a little bit more of the bite and the intensity. And I never really thought about it until I was on the ride. It just feels like it goes on and on and on. And now when I go back to still vengeance, that drop just feels a little bit short to me. So yeah. <clears throat> that's one of the differences between the two, in my opinion. Take it or leave it. <laughs> you know, opinions are like a lot of other things. Everybody has one. It makes you happy. I'm happy for you. Have fun. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I think me and you, um, we, we have very similar opinions on coasters. I feel like. Well, yeah. just with talking to you, I'm like, wow, if I had to put a list together, I, I bet our list would be pretty similar other than the fact that I haven't been on voyage and I need and to the, get out there and do that. <laughs> and the fact that you like Sky Rush. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's go ahead and block. Each, let's go ahead and block each other over that one right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You'll have to send me your list sometime. I'll send you mine. Okay. Now, I, I do think mine is probably going to change one I've got hanging in the balances of my top 10. And I mean, it's hanging right on the threshold as time traveler. I need more rides mm -hmm. and I need more rides on outlaw run. I'm going to be returning to silver dollar city this year. The downside is I was hoping to be able to return at a time where we can get night rides it's not going to happen this year, though, because the time to get night rides directly conflicts with the only time I'm going to be able to make my Northeast trip. They don't. Yeah. The park's not open that late until July 15th going on. And of course, July 15th is when I'm leaving on my Northeast trip. And um, then I have to go back to work. <laughs> so. Yeah, I know. Overdose said he got bumped back to June. Jay wasn't extremely thrilled about that, but he's had to add that one to the list of things to get over. Good news is uh, Six Flags St. Louis is supposed to have a new coaster that's going to open. So we'll return there next year and we'll try and hit that in July and hopefully finally be able to get some night rides at Silver Dollar City on that trip. That's a nice thing about coasters, though. They're always it's all, they're always going to be there. Uh, yes. And there's always going to be another time, and you don't want to run out of things to do and new new things to experience. Exactly. Yeah. So earlier we talked a little bit, you know, about the impact that Super Duper Looper had on you. Let's talk more in depth about not just super duper looper but coasters in general tell me about the impact that coasters have had on you over the course of your life 
specifically how they have helped you develop a positive attitude in every situation and how they've made you an overall better person in general? Well, a few years ago, I was pretty miserable, you know, I, just trying to do the whole fishing thing. And I, I just, I couldn't find anything to keep me going. Just like, I, I would have some friends that would say, yeah, you do something like different every year. You're, you're into this and then you get out of it and then you go on to something else. And it's, I've always loved coasters. They've always motivated me to lose weight. Um, I've always been a bigger guy and they've always kind of, I, I kind of cracked the wick whip when it comes to like winter time and, and there's not a whole lot to do. Um, so that's always kind of been my go-to there. And as far as being positive goes, I just, you know, the funny thing is, Kim, it is I remember being on Facebook one time and I'm not going to name the park, but I was bashing the heck out of this park. Mm -hmm. And there was somebody named Kim Dykes <laughs> on there. And I don't know if you remember this, but I Never was heard like, that person. Who's that? <laughs> but you actually, when I think about it, as far as positivity goes, it just, it blew my mind. You know, I'm like, I'm talking about this park. I had such a horrible experience mm -hmm. and, and you're just like, well, it's, it's not really about that. Okay. Like you have to go in with a positive attitude yes. and you'll have a positive day. Mm -hmm. you know? And I'm like, mm -hmm. you know, she's right. She's absolutely right. I'm like, I got to be friends with this person. <laughs> wow. I never really realized because at that time, I, I remember that comment now that you said something about it and I, I was ready. I'm like, this guy is probably going to start slinging bullets back at me <laughs> via <laughs> social media, but I, I'm at least going to try here. I mean, at least I could say I tried. I was actually shocked at your response. And then you were like sending me a friend request. Yeah. And I, and I <laughs> felt like this is like the joining of the, uh, the opposite forces when the two sides meet. <laughs> this is either going to be awesome or it's going to be awful. Yeah. I'm about to find out. <laughs> and, and, and right there is my point. Exactly. And this, this could be a lesson, a life lesson, you know, just because you differ on opinions does not mean you can't get along with somebody. I mean, as far as coasters go, I think we, you know, we differ a little bit here and there, but yeah. you know, we, it's like a lot of your positivity and the messages that you put out. I, I think it's incredible. I think what you're doing is awesome, Kim. Well, I can say the same for you because I, I mean, seeing the positivity that you're spreading. I mean, I've told people, I'm like, how many people show up in a park and pass out candy? <laughs> I mean, this is stuff I just see you doing. And 
when I'm around, and I'll tell you, I used to be, you know, truth moment here. I used to be somebody that wasn't, I guess the, I wouldn't say negative. I wasn't a negative person, but I think looking back in hindsight, you know, with learning experiences, I was somebody that was more, uh, I would joke, I think, too much to the point where it could be taken not in a good way. You know what I mean? And it mm -hmm. just cast a negative light on how you're treating people. Or, you know, how you're talking about parks in general. You know, I used to throw out all these memes and all this other stuff. And to me, at that point in time, it was ha, ha, ha. Funny, funny, funny. You know. And then, over the course of time, you know, and life experiences, I started to see, you know, this person didn't think that was funny. You know, this per, you know, you start to see how it affects people in a way that you didn't intend it to, but it did. Now, with that being said, also, I've found that, you know, the people I hang around with, when I'm around people like you, I just get such a feeling of calm. Like I, I going back to what I was saying, you know, I didn't have a lot of friends and stuff growing up. You know, I didn't, I was picked on. I was bullied a lot. So when I got into the enthusiast and community and, you know, really started making friends, I guess I felt like in a way, and I didn't realize I was doing it at the time that my personality had to be over the top, you know, to have this large number of friends and what I've really figured out over time for me is that less is more because when I'm around people like you, it's such a positive energy. It's calming. Like, you know, I can just be myself. I don't have to be bigger than life, you know, or whatever. It's just me. And when I'm around people like yourself and some, you know, a few of my other friends as well, it just motivates me to be a better person, be the best person that I can be, you know, and spread that positivity as far as I can. And when I see other people doing it, it, it just, you push me to want to be my best self and better myself as well. And I've got well, a few, you, a few other friends that do that for me. So thank you. Thank, well, thank you. That was very kind. Yeah. When I see that. other people do, I, when I see other people doing that sort of thing, it was kind of like a wake up call for me. You know, it was like, mm -hmm. this is what you're trying to do. So quit trying so hard to do it and just do it. Yeah. You know, yep. just be yourself. And um, that has been far more rewarding to me. Than, you well, know. Like, likewise, Kim. Likewise, yeah. I, I feel the same about you. You, 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 
basically, you know, you asked me that question, you know, what, what kind of, what was it that changed you to make you more positive? I was like, I think it was in, uh, when I was trying to think of a moment, I, I mean, I've always tried to do whatever I could to help other people out. I mean, I, I've had a lot of life experiences that I would never wish on anybody. And, yeah. you know, just because some of the, the terrible things that I've endured and, and stuff, um, it doesn't, yeah, you know, I'll give you an example. My wife says to me, she's like, what are you doing this for? You know, we, we, we need help. We need our own help here. And I'm like, honey, we're, we're blessed. We have everything we need. We have each other. We're good. We can do, we can do other things for other people. You know, and that's what we really enjoy doing, just mm -hmm. getting out there and being positive and just, I love it. I love it. And the <laughs> rewards come back intrinsically when you least expect it. Absolutely. Great things happen. And to me, that's one of the most exciting parts is wow you know like i i had no idea that your answer to that question was going to be a comment that i dropped on facebook you know it's these, <laughs> it's these little seriously like it's these little small just things that you do from day to day that you don't realize has an no. impact on people until you realize wow you know that little tiny thing that it didn't take me 30 seconds to type up on a keyboard mm -hmm. had that big of an impact on that person you know so it just it makes me even more mindful if i'm if i'm hesitant to say something i'm gonna go ahead and say it if i you know <laughs> if it's in the you know spirit of trying to help someone and if Absolutely. if they take offense to it or whatever they may just not be at a point where they're ready to make that change, but at least I can say I tried. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've seen that too in, in parks. You, you go in with a bad attitude. It can make days almost unbearable. It really yes. can. But if you've got a good attitude, you can find something good out of every mm -hmm. experience and life. And that's just not in parks. Life in general for me is, is what you look for. You're going to find it. Absolutely. Yes. So now I want to talk about your family a bit more. You shared with me earlier that one of your great joys as has been mine too with my kids is molding your daughter, shaping her into an enthusiast. Discuss your experience in helping her become an enthusiast and also encouraging others twice her age to face their fears. Well, you know, it's, it's very heartwarming when I see her do that. Cause uh, 
she started off, like I said, with, with Super Duper Looper was like her f- very first real coaster. I mean, I'm not talking about, you know, the uh, little Coco Cruiser there. I mean, that that was yeah. probably her first one. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and she's up five years old, 72 coaster credits, which I think is, That's a lot is very good. Yes, it is. That's what I mean. And. Her, her height helps her a little bit too, but she, yeah, she, I just cannot, I can't express how much joy it brings to me to see her in a cue line and, and, and another child. I don't know if I can do it, mom. Mm-hmm. And she'll look at them and she'll be like, you can do it, buddy. I, it's not very oh, scary at all. That's so sweet. Oh, it's not very scary. There's just a there's just a little tunnel and uh-huh. it's not scary. And I'm like, oh, bless her heart. She's something. I'm telling you, she is a good, good kid. And I just love seeing her. You know, it's just a total family experience, you know, where I used to do my own thing. And, you know, this has allowed me becoming a coaster enthusiast has allowed me to share this love with my family and to become closer with them. And fantastic. Yeah, exactly. Now you also, so is she, is she the one encouraging others twice her age to ride? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So she's the one doing that. Wow. You know, we had a similar experience too. Looking back at the journey, the fear journey my son's taken, you know, I share with you, he has autism. And when he was young, it was very much a obstacle for him in his life, you know, from a number of aspects. He was literally scared to death of every single thing known to mankind. Not just coasters. Everything. I mean, noises, birds, bugs, you name it. Absolute panic attack. 24-7. He was literally trapped in his own body with fear. And we were at, ironically, Hershey Park (laughs) last year. And... um, there was this, we were trying to get some laps in while the line was relatively short for Candymonium. Which, fantastic being m Hyper, by the way. I love it. Yeah. So does Jay. Yes. But anyway, yes. there was this boy in line behind us that very much reminded me, not of a young, young Jay, but of a Jay that was trying to overcome the fear, but just wasn't there. He was back there. He was probably maybe 11 or 12 years old. His mom and his grandma were with him. And their hearts were in the right place, but they they didn't know how to talk to him. They were telling him, you know, you, you don't want to chicken out. You don't want to be a chicken, you know. And w- when yeah. kids are filled with anxiety, that is, that's language that's beating them down. 
It yeah. really is. It's making things worse. It's making them feel less about themselves. If I don't do this, you know, I'm going to let all these people down. It's just, they were trying to do the right thing, but they were, they were going about it the wrong way. And Jay and I overheard this and me being me, mama bear. I was, I told Jay, I nudged him. I said, I'm starting to get real upset here. I said, and I'm having a hard time because the kid was standing there crying and so scared, but he, but I told him, I said, I said, I'm, you know, I'm getting upset here and I'm trying real hard not to say something. So, um, can you think of anything? Is there a way you can help me out here? So I don't say something that I shouldn't because I was getting <laughs> angry and I, I was literally getting angry. And so he's like, sure, mom. He walked over there and he started talking to him. And he said, you know, what is it that scares you about this coaster? What are you afraid of? And the mom and grandma started talking to us. They said, he is an enthusiast that's never ridden any of the coasters that he's totally obsessed with. He will sit home and watch these POVs over and over and over again. <laughs> I, yes. But yet when he gets to the coaster and he, he wants to ride it, he's absolutely scared to death. And Jay looked at him. He said, do you want to ride this coaster? And I was shocked. The kid was like, yes, I, I want to ride it. I want to ride it. And he told me, he said, he told him, he said, you are just like I was, you know, about six, seven years ago, you're me. You're just like I was. And let, let me tell you the steps I took to get past that fear. Learn to love coasters. He said, if you want to do it, I want to tell you, you know, you can do it and you will do it. Doesn't necessarily mean you're going to love it the first time. But one thing I can tell you is after you do it, you're going to feel like you can do anything. You're going to be so proud of yourself. And you're going to know if you've done it once, you're going to be able to do it again. I mean, Jay, after he talked to him, I just stood back and watched. I mean, this kid that used to be scared to death of everything, my son, talked this kid out of the tears. He stopped crying. He relaxed. And um, we waited for him. We saw him in the photo booth. After they got off, went out to him. He said, now, how was that ride? And he said, I didn't love it yet. You know, I was still a little scared, but I'm going to do what you said. I'm going to take a little break and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to write it again. That's and it. I'm going <laughs> to keep writing it until I love it. Oh, you know, and, and I love like to you. see that kind of, I love to see that kind of thing, especially in the kids. I, I mean, I just, that's that's the most rewarding part. You, you know, you share this experience like with my daughter you, you, and, yeah. and with Jay, you're, you know, you're sharing this love for the same thing. And it the most rewarding part is seeing that joy on their face and seeing them overcome a certain fe fear of of whatever it may be. For my daughter, it was like tunnels. 
you know, she could, she couldn't stand tunnels, but she really wants to go on verboten, uh, mm-hmm. at Bush gardens, Williamsburg. She hasn't been on it yet. And yep. she really, but she's like, I know you and mommy love this coaster and I really want to get on it too. <laughs> mm-hmm. So she, she's going to do it. I know she will, but yep, absolutely. Yeah. I've already met that kid and I'll tell you, she's fearless. <laughs> she is. She's she's, she's going to be your she's going to be your ride or die ride or die partner once she gets tall enough for everything. Absolutely. Yes. So, one of the other things you share with me that you have in common, not with me, but actually with both of my children, is the fact that you have ADHD. And I found it of particular interest that you said coasters have actually been able to help you with your ADHD. I mean, the main theme of our podcast is coaster therapy. And, you know, I've talked with a lot of people about how coasters have helped them, you know, mentally physically getting in shape and that sort of thing. But out of all the interviews I've had, no one has really talked specifically about how coasters have helped with ADHD. Would you please share with us how they've helped you in that area? Absolutely. So I hear a lot of people say that ADHD, it's oh man that is a curse that it's the worst thing ever you know and i will might be the i'm not the first person to say this but i i gotta say i think it's a gift it is an absolute gift it allows you to see things differently than most people see them and as far as coasters go um you know one of the big things with adhd is like is stimulants you know you want to get like they want to you know, give you all these different stimulants. And, and I've also found that like caffeine people with ADHD mm-hmm. drink a lot of caffeine. Yeah. Um, but it, it's a constant, like you have to have that, that high on life feeling. Okay. And coasters, that's what does it for me. I mean, you're just like the adrenaline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You ha- when you have ADHD, you like that adrenaline rush and that is what does it for me. Um, going down a 300 foot drop is like, yes, let's go. <laughs> it is so ironic. And I, I apologize for the shocked look on my face when you were speaking because there was something you said. I was literally like, I cannot believe he just said this. True story here about to happen. I've actually been contemplating. I don't know whether or not I'm going to do this yet. A tattoo that has some sort of images integrated in it that has my favorite quote. High on life. (laughs) Yeah. Because I'll tell you, I grew up and I won't go in depth there because I know we're limited on time. But I saw my mom. She had a prescription drug addiction 
for several years. At one point, it was mixed with alcohol, and I saw the effects of that. And, um, you know, you look around and you see, particularly like in the school that I teach, there's a high level of drug use amongst the adults and stuff in a lot of the households. You see the effects that that has. Um, a family member of my sister's husband, he actually died from a heroin overdose. And I've seen his sister lose everything meaningful in her life, you know, to drug use. And I actually had someone message me the other night telling, to, telling me to excuse something that they said because they were a bit tipsy because saying they use alcohol to it makes the pain of this you know former abuse go away and all that does is it puts a band-aid on a wound absolutely but when you rip the band-aid off the wound is still there Absolutely. You know, you're not healing yourself. It's a temporary I'd getaway. I'd people to get on a coaster. Yep, my... Yes, it's not a permanent fix. It's not too late to get on a coaster. Yes. <laughs> it, I mean, I'm serious. That's there's that's nothing what, like the high life. And you were talking yeah. about the, uh, the off-season. Because, you know, that can be a struggle for many of us. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, and the something I haven't shared with you, in the process of losing weight for me, because my weight loss took nearly three years. And um, after, gosh, it was, I'd lost weight 2019 into 2020. It was winter of 2020 going into 2021. I gained 30 pounds between, oh gosh, I think it was November, I think, October or November and March of the following year of 2021. I was back in the cycle of gaining, 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 gaining because it was that off season. I didn't have anything to do, you know. So that, and I realized I was at a threshold at, I mean, right now, if it tells you anything, I currently reside at 117 pounds. I started out around 250. I'm only five foot three. And, um, at that point in time, I had myself down to 159 pounds and then I went back up. I was at 189 and I'm like, I was in the cycle of gaining. So I had to find something that produced, like you said, that high life, that adrenaline that keeps me going, keeps me motivated, exactly. keeps me focused. What is it going to be for me in the off season? Because I can't keep doing this. You know, I cannot get to my goal if I keep doing this. So that's when I slowly but surely found this whole fitness thing I do now. The exercise, I have found that, particularly the strength training, you know, the grind, it provides that stress relief for me 
and the adrenaline. I blast my loud music, you know, when I'm doing it. Yeah. And I mean, even on the worst days, like, you know, if you, I don't care how tired you are. When you show up at an amusement park, you see your favorite coaster. I don't care how tired you think you are. You suddenly wake up. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> you want to oh, go yes. ride that thing over and over again. And that's what exercise has become for me. I don't care how tired I am or how bad I want to go take a nap. Once I get started doing it, I'm not stopping until I'm done. You know, it, it gives me that high alive feeling. And the fact that you said that just reiterates to me, I don't think we met by chance. I'll put it that way. <laughs> oh, there's a plan. There yeah, is. and I've never heard anybody yeah. else say that. That's just awesome because I say it all the time. High <laughs> on life, yep. it's how I roll. Yes. 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 So as enthusiasts, one of the things we love to do is travel. And, you know, you and I were just messaging last night about Coaster Trap. I'm going to be making that I'm very excited about to Hershey Park to meet up with you and your family and get to ride Wildcats Revenge for the first time this year. What coaster trips do you, have you currently taken and what trips do you have planned for the rest of 2023? So I did a, I basically had to renew my pass or, or get my pass activated at Six Flags and you can't do that over the phone or anything. So I had to go all the way up to New England mm-hmm. and I did that on a night where I was working, which I drive truck. So I got done doing my route, which was like eight hours and then got in the car, drove up to new England, five hour drive. When got to the pass, I was the first one in uh, or to the park. I was the first one in the park and activated that. I spent a few hours there, drove down to Jersey and went to Nickelodeon universe and did some rides in there and then drove a little bit further down in Jersey, grabbed a, got a hotel for the night and then hit up great adventure the next day. And this was all in two days. And I did great adventure for like four hours Mm -hmm. and went back home and still was, uh, we went to Hershey Park that day <laughs> when I wow. went home. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, uh, for me, driving is nothing. I mean, I I get to like, honestly, I could, I could, uh, you know, do a podcast while I'm driving because I just love talking to people while I'm driving. It's great. And, uh, but to get to the point here, um, we also went down to Dollywood uh, just probably a month or two ago. And then oh. fun spot for Airy Force One. And then we hit up uh, Six Flags over Georgia. And then we met up with McLean at uh, Carowinds. McLean's and, incredible. Uh, he's a great guy. I, You know, when you talk about positivity, what a nice guy. He was just, he was, he was very helpful. And, I, you know, I really appreciate him. Um, and then... We uh, moving on here to like other trips that I have planned. Um, like tomorrow we actually go to Dorney. Um, so we're 
I guess, kind of looking forward to that, you know, mm -hmm. but, yeah. you know, Haley's never been there. So, yes, she's excited. And um, and then next week we go with my pastors from my church because they are huge coaster enthusiasts, too. You know, oh, I, I don't know. I don't know about huge, but they love coasters and we're going to Kennywood awesome. with them. Yeah. yeah. And then I get back um the next day and my best buddy craig and i are flying to um la for knott's berry farms and six flags magic mountain and as far as planned trips for the rest of the year i mean i got you know july there with you but um canada's wonderland we're definitely going to get up there but i just mm -hmm. don't know when yet um, okay. I haven't planned it out and vacation time is running slim. <laughs> Understandable. I sat down last night with that calendar. My summer break is literally two weeks shorter than oh. last year. And I'm because, and I've got to get some PDs in the week after school's out. So that's kind of cutting a week off. I am literally from the week of, June 11th all the way to the end of July going to be in different parks in different states every week. <laughs> I will be back home three or four days at a time, then gone again. I'm like, I don't know how many people actually do this, but this is what I live for. I literally yes. get that, that blink of an eye time where I can go, 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 go. And, you know, you're talking about the driving and stuff and the sleep. I've actually had people ask me, where do you sleep on these trips? And my answer is just <laughs> very creatively. <laughs> there's time for that when there's time for that. A coaster trip's not time for that. <laughs> yeah. That's why my hotel rooms are cheap. I don't spend yep. time in the hotel. I literally hit the bed sleep shower when i can and i'm back out the next morning yep. <laughs> throw throw the hair back together and make sure i don't stink and just you know keep going yeah because that's absolutely. literally all i have time for but we're in new parks and, and i let it be the high life the adrenaline keeps me going till i get home and can crash for a, just a day or two and then i'm ready to go again <laughs> <laughs> it's not for everybody but i love it no, it, it isn't. But, you know, you, some people could take it maybe in a little bit smaller doses. My my wife is one of those people. She's like, are you serious? We're going to plan out this extensive 10 park trip. Yes, I, I, I am. Uh, <laughs> I did. I planned it out. And I, I did cancel it because I just think. Yeah. Um, we're going to, we're going to do some other parks, but I was like, I really wanted to do that trip, but I think it'll be too much for a five-year-old. And yes. And that is definitely <laughs> something to take in consideration. And as they get older, you'll be able to do more. Yeah. For sure. Now, do you have any travel tips since you've traveled so much for our listeners? I always use Priceline. That's like my go-to. Um, I've always found the best prices on there, but my, my go-to is like, um, you know, find a hotel 
that has a fridge and stop over at the Aldi or wherever, get some yes. food. Yes. You know, you, totally. you don't have to spend a fortune every time you go to these parks. And, you know, that's what I like to do. I like to save people money because I have made a lot of mistakes in going to different parks where I would pay for this and pay for that. And I just, mm-hmm. oh, I hate it. And so yep. I'm like, I see people do it all the time. And I'm like, man, that's such a waste of money. Oh, that's terrible. Totally. And I, I actually do that too. I'll pack a bunch of food and uh-huh. take it and keep it in the hotel. Like I actually took this last trip to Coaster Stock. I took my egg beaters and my little egg maker that I use in the mm-hmm. microwave. Yes. Made breakfast right there, you know, in the hotel room. Had my bananas, had the little fat yogurt and had snacks in the room. For when we returned, if I, you know, had the nighttime munchies or whatever, you know, just it's little stuff like that that can really make a huge difference. Because, I mean, you know, going to a restaurant or whatever and having this big sit down breakfast every day can add up really quickly. I totally agree with you. Just little stuff like that can make a big difference in the cost. Um, and, you know, speaking of travel tips, I'm going to Kennywood for the first time this year. It'll be um, on some weekdays during the summer. Would you make that a one-day trip or a two-day trip to Kennywood? I would probably make it a one-day trip. I don't – it's not – I don't know. I don't know. That That's not a – a park that I would say is a two-day park. Um, you know, there are a lot of those out there, but that one in particular, there's not enough there to make it a two-day. They do have some are the great weights, rides. Are the, are the weights through the week during the summer long? Oh, man. See, it's... I don't think so. Not there. No, no. I wouldn't okay. think so. No. That's something um, think about. Like I said about Hershey, though, with Wildcats Revenge. Oh, oh it's yeah. going to be crazy this year. I'm already <laughs> expecting that. I'll get the I rods. Heard, no joke. I just found out from a friend last night. They sold 90,000 king size passes. I believe it. Yeah. Totally. That's crazy to me. I'm just going. I'm going to be happy to be there as long as I can get on Wildcats Revenge a couple of times. I'll ride what I can ride, have fun hanging out with friends. Like I said, a positive attitude. That's right. Because I've been to the park before. I've ridden everything. I'll see if I can somehow get through Sky Rush's line and see if it can redeem itself. Get Mm -hmm. a ride or so on Candymonium. But, you know, I'm there with I'm there I'm going to be happy with what I can get and not with it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Totally. Okay, so I know I mentioned in your introduction you have a theme park, a sorry, a YouTube channel that was previously titled Theme Park Alby that you have since changed to Theme Park Motivation. Tell us about the history of that channel. 
you can discuss things such as what inspired you to get started, what type of content you're currently posting, and plans that you have for the future of the channel. Well, I started it, I guess I started the channel like a year ago, but I didn't really do anything with it, I guess. But um, so I really started adding content probably about six, seven months ago. And I've just been trying to do different things that other people aren't doing so much of, like the whole, you know, with our economy and stuff right now, like people are just trying to save money and survive, you know? And mm -hmm. I, I just want to say, you know, I see a lot of younger people out there and they're like, I can't afford to go here. I can't afford to go to this park. And I'm like, yes, you can. I mean, I don't know your financial situation, but if you can afford to go have a season pass at Hershey park, then you could probably go to some of these other parks. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just, it's all about how do you, you know, how do you want to live while you're down there? You don't have to live high on the horse and get all this, extra stuff you know i mean but yeah the i have plans to hit up wildcats revenge here and get some first responses um to the ride see see what people think about it and i've just been doing a lot of different povs and um when i can and um just when something's new, I like to get there and, you know, try and get some footage of that. Um, some vlog style stuff. I like to do that. Um, but I think, you know, I, I want to say one person that really inspired me to do this was Brandon. I know we've talked about Brandon from theme park predictions. I, I just love what he does and i love his I, I again you know a, another guy with a positive attitude yes and just the way he conducts himself and you know i i was thankful that you know you you kind of you know shared my info with him and and you know i had a phone call with him and stuff and we were talking and and he's such a great guy um you know he's he's another reason I, I, I got hooked on his channel and I was like, man, I, I like to do something like this, you know, not exactly like what he's doing, but something different. Well, thank you so much for um, highlighting him. He's a previous guest on yes. our podcast as well. And talk about a positive impact, you know, just like you said, he, like yourself, is all about spreading positivity throughout the community. And I think the more of us, you know, that just kind of come together and spread the word, it's, it's contagious and it's just going to have a great effect on the community in general, you know, cause I hear people talk about how negative the community is. And just like mm -hmm. what I said, you're going to get what you look for. And I have found there's a lot more positivity in this community then negativity it's just Absolutely. some of the positive people tend to be 
I think brought more down quiet. to that level. Yeah, they, they tend to get beaten down to that level. But they get beaten down. They get quieted yeah. down. That's yeah. just it. They get quieted down. It's not that they're not positive. They get quieted down. They feel beat down. I'm like, there yeah. need to be more of us, you know, stand up and stand together, you know, and yeah, say, hey, absolutely. This is, this is what we're doing. And, you know, if you have a problem with it, that's a you problem. We're not mm -hmm. going away anytime soon. We're just going to keep spreading it. And I feel like the more people that, you know, see what's happening around them, the more people that are going to join the cause. Yeah, we're just getting started. Absolutely. So this next question I'm going to ask you is in regards to a previous guest that we had on our podcast first season. It was before I joined. He was also a friend of David's. His name was um, Dusty. He unexpectedly passed away last year at the age of 16 years old. You know, a very, very young kid. Many people, you know, see, you know, you ask those questions. Why? You know, why did this happen? And anytime I see and hear stories like that, it always, you know, makes me really sit back and reflect. On how much time do I think I have? How much time do I actually have? And how should I be spending that time? You know, mm -hmm. and if today is my last day. How, you know, how do I, how do I want this to go? How do I want to leave this world? So we created this question in honor of Dusty about legacy. Looking at your life. When you leave this world, what do you want your mark, your footprint on this world to be? How would you like your family, friends, or colleagues to remember you? As someone, somebody who always showed up, somebody that's always been there for other people, no, no matter even if I was hurting, I would, I'd still always be there when, when it mattered. When it mattered the most, mm -hmm. I was always there. That's, and, and I don't think there's anybody that I'm good friends with that wouldn't agree with that or, you know, say I was never there when it really mattered. You know, I, I always show up and I'm always, I'm, I'm a phone call away. Every, everyone knows that. And, you know, that's how you know people are real friends. Those real friendships are the ones that can stand the test of time. You know, life happens. Everybody has work. You know, you have your family. And the real friends are the friends you can go. Like, you know, my friend Tiff that I saw at Coaster Stock. I've not seen her or even really talked to her since Hollywood Nights of last year. And that was the first time we met. And the second we got together at Coaster Stock, it was literally like we hadn't missed a day. You know, those friends, like you said, they just show up. when And I know if I need to message her or whatever, she's there. You know, it's 
they withstand, like you said, the the trials of time and distance, but yet you're a phone call away, you're right there, and as soon as you get together, it's like not even a minute of time has passed. Those are the friendships that have really stuck with me. And it also has made me realize, too, I have a lot more associates than I do friends. It took me a while, you know, to figure out the difference. Yeah. Uh, but the friends, they're there for the long haul. Yes, like they said. are. Yes. Okay. So that's going to bring us down to our last two questions. Our podcast is about theme park therapy, you know, coaster therapy. And a lot of our listeners listen to the podcast because they're looking for therapy. They're looking for help, you know, in different areas of their life, not just fear facing and riding coasters, but life in general. And you never know, you know, the story that you share, who it's going to resonate with, how it's going to help them in some way. Thinking about our audience and, you know, your mission of sharing positivity throughout the coaster community, what is it, what advice would you like to give to those that are listening this evening? Oh, as somebody... If, if somebody struggles with weight um, and as somebody who has struggled with weight issues, I know it sucks, but you got to take that walk of shame. Try it out. Get on the coaster. You know, um, I see a lot of people constantly, and I mean constantly, Kim, it, just like, oh, I don't know if I'll fit on this. I don't know. There's no test seat. There's no mm -hmm. this. And I'm just like, get up there and try. And then if you don't fit, you know what? It's only going to do one thing. It's either going to, you know, wreck your day or you're going to get out there and you're going to smash it and bash it and let that treadmill have it, you know? Yeah. And, and that's what, that's what's what you got to do. You, you just got to get, that's a way that I got motivated. You know, it, it's disappointing. It is, but I, I gotta say that is the way to get motivated to lose the weight that you need to, to ride. I mean, and I just think that that, that little thing there taking those walk of shames is, is what did it for me. Got me, motivated to lose weight and um as far as anything else goes just try and keep an, trying to keep a positive attitude like you said when you get in these parks you know totally and you know of all the guests i've interviewed you're the first person that's ever said that and it particularly resonates with me because that was the kick in the butt i needed to get where i am now my original goal with weight loss was to fit on Millennium Force. I had had the walk of shame off of Banshee. I couldn't begin to fit on Windseeker and Drop Tower. I was about 10 pounds away at that point in time from being able to fit on Diamondback. Um, Orion wasn't built yet. And Thunderbird 
at Holiday World was a no-go. And I needed it because it really, it brought me back to life after I was depressed for about five years after my mom passed away. All I wanted to do was eat, 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 eat. And like you, the coaster that made me an enthusiast, I know yours was still Vengeance, Diamondback. Once I got on there and really started experiencing airtime and what that felt like, oh, I need I more of this in my life. You know, I had that same response. And um, I'm like, you've got to get your butt in shape or you're not going to be able to do any of this, you know. And for me, it was kind of that, that hard truth, that hard realization I needed to do what I needed to do to take care of myself. And it's what keeps me motivated now to be able to do what I love. Because I know if I don't take care of myself, especially at 47 years old, my body's going to fall apart. You know, we had field day at my school today. I saw a lot of teachers. Their feet are hurting. Their backs are hurting. Their legs are hurting. They can't hardly walk. I'm literally standing up in front of these kids. I've got these kindergartners. How can I keep them entertained for five more minutes? Gosh, we were hokey pokey. <laughs> we were jumping up and down. We were spinning around. And I've got all these adults looking at me like, how in the world is she doing that? You know, <laughs> with a migraine, I was still able to do it. You know, body doesn't hurt, felt great. And it was, you know, coasters that started it all for me. So thank you for highlighting that topic and just know that that one really hit home with me. That brings us to our final question of the evening. You know, our... Uh, our podcast is not just about theme park therapy, but it's also about, you know, connectivity, building those connections with positive people in the community and helping people find, you know, that network of people that they want to be a part of. For our audience, where are they able to connect with you on social media? if they would like to learn more about you or make contact. Well, um, theme park motivation on Facebook is my group and theme park motivation on YouTube is my channel name. And I also have a TikTok, but I never really get on there, but, uh, that that's also theme park motivation. So, um, yeah, but Facebook is probably the best way to connect with me and and hear my thoughts on things but um yeah no matter how controversial those thoughts may be <laughs> I just <feel> bad. <laughs> yep. well i want to thank you so much for being my guest and even though i kind of got to know you at king's island i feel like i know you a lot better now and i'm so excited to get to get together at least one more time at Hershey Park this year. I'm hoping we can connect at Holiday World if you all decide to come as well. But Absolutely. I've really enjoyed this. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Kim. And I'm just, I'm very honored that you guys even had me on the show. I know there's a lot of other people I felt like that were, you know, like just have put a bigger footprint in the community than I have, but I just, I, it's, it's a real honor. Seriously. Well, the footprint 
that you're leaving, like you said, you're just getting started. Uh, and there's going to be a whole lot more footprints to be made. And I'm very excited to see what the future holds for you and be a part of it. So thank you again. Absolutely. Thank you. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. If you want to see more of us, we upload every Friday. Be sure to like us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. All at Coaster Challenge. Links are in the description below. Thanks for joining us here today.